Hello, and welcome to the Word Experience Podcast, where the Word of God is experienced in a fresh new way. Prepare yourself to hear God's Word talk with simplicity and understanding. And now, here's your host, Cliff Goldberg. What's good? What's good? Good people, good people. Welcome once again to the Word Experience Podcast, where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. I am your host, Cliff Goldberg. And we're going to kick this bad boy off with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much again for the opportunity to get an understanding of your word, to hear from you, because your word is connected to you. You've made your word and you the same. And so we're literally hearing from you today as we hear this word. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to not only hear, but understand and receive revelation by the Holy Spirit. Uh, I declare that every word that I speak today will only be the words that your people need to hear. I declare that the Holy Spirit will speak through me fully and completely and totally so that your people will hear not only the word, but the word behind the word. We declare as usual that no weapon formed against this time shall prosper and that the full and complete will of God will be accomplished in those who hear. We declare every ear is open to hear and every heart is open wide to receive this word today that's going to change the lives of your people inside out, step by step, day by day. We honor you and we bless you. We praise you and we thank you. Help us to not only hear this word, but to do it, to do it, to do it, to do it. Show us how to do what we're hearing that we should do today. And we declare these things to be so in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, family, lamb, lamb. Last time we were together, we started a series called Spiritual Best Practices. And uh, today we're going to do part two of that. I'm in the movie business, so Spiritual Best Practices, the sequel, right? (laughs) All right, quick review from the last time we were together. Um, We had three best practices uh, that we looked at. And uh, this phrase, best practices, as I mentioned the last time we were together, uh, was a phrase that's coined uh, in business and in in the corporate world. Uh, It's used oftentimes in my staff meetings at work where the manager talks about what's the best way we can do a certain thing. You know, what's the best way or the most efficient way or the less, the most cost-effective way? What are the best practices? Uh, what are the things that we can do, uh, the best things we can do to accomplish the various goals uh, at our company or at our place of work? things of this nature. And so spiritual best practices for me are the things that we can do better as believers to accomplish the goal of representing God in the best possible way. And uh, so last time we were together, I got a little emotional on some of these, but uh, it's all good. It's all good. I know. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So uh, the last uh, for, for part one, We looked at three best practices. One was love. That was the first one. And we broke it down into three categories. We had to love our neighbors uh, as ourselves. And then we talked about how we should love ourselves and uh, the steps that we could take to get to that place so we could love others. Uh, Then we talked about loving other believers and how we love one another as believers is a reflection of who we are as disciples of Jesus. That's our ID badge. When people see... Uh, Christian people loving other Christian people in a certain way, 
um, it speaks to we are followers of Christ. And then we looked at uh, loving our enemies, and uh, which is probably out of the three, the most challenging uh, category that we can operate where love is concerned. Uh, but even in the ones that aren't, don't seem to be as difficult, God, we still need God's help uh, to help us to love ourselves. <laughs> we need God's help to help us to love some other Christians. <laughs> yes, Lord. <laughs> and we also need God's help to love our enemies. So I uh, did a nice little uh, deep dive into that. Uh, our second spiritual best practice was to be humble. And we decline that we de de define that to say, as uh, to see yourself as unimportant in your own eyes. Now that doesn't mean to lower your value; it means to honor and respect other people more than you honor and respect yourself. And what it does is it takes the spotlight off of you and puts it on someone else. And and that's the heart of God that we can take whatever we have or our opinion of ourselves, which should be strong and solid. But when it comes to interacting with other people, we, we see those people in that situation as more important uh, uh, as, as we see ourselves. And uh, it's putting the spotlight on someone else and not putting the spotlight on, on ourselves. You know, I, I joke all the time that in my old life, before I really was able to walk this thing out as a godly man, um, I used to say my ego would show up in the room before I did. And uh, that's that's not the way we want to do it. That's not the way we want to do it. You, you, you see oftentimes the words meek and lowly being associated with Jesus. And you know, when Jesus stepped into the spot, he was the baddest dude there, right? But he was meek and lowly, and he didn't present himself as the baddest cat. You know, in Philippians, Paul talks about uh, he he was in the form of God, but he did not consider it robbery to be equal with God and made himself of no reputation. Made himself of no reputation, right? So that's the mindset that we want to walk in. We want to walk a life that has no reputation. So when people want to, you know, pull down our reputation, there's nothing to pull on because we have no reputation. We're just people who love God and who are doing our best to live a godly life. You know, oftentimes I'm, uh, you know, spoken of highly and, and, and given accolades and, man, you're just such an amazing man and blah, 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 blah. And I oftentimes come back, you know, and say, you know, I'm just a dude that made a decision to commit his life to God and let God lead his life. And anything that comes out of my life comes from that. That I'm just a guy that made a decision to, to give God my life and let him lead me. And, and anything else in my life comes out of that. So um, whatever reputation I have, it starts with that, right? So we want to talk about humility um, and how we deal with uh, other people. So I'm not going to go over the details because we did an hour on this stuff last time we were together. So just if you haven't heard the podcast, just pull it up and uh, check it out. The third best practice that we looked at uh, was to watch our words. Uh, one of the scriptures we looked at said, let your speech be gracious at all times. Let it be pleasant at all times. The goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation, not to put them down, not to cut them out, 
Um, one, one, one scripture talked about our word should be seasoned with salt. And, you know, basically saying that our word should be friendly and clear and making people thirsty for truth. Um, we talked about no foul or polluting language coming out of our mouths, right? People want the best. They want to hear the best. Now, we're human. We make mistakes. Sometimes we speak in anger. Sometimes we speak in frustration. But that should be the exception and not the rule, right? If, if I were to speak out in frustration and anger, hopefully the people who know me would go, Cliff, what's wrong, man? Because that don't sound like you, right? As opposed to, oh, there he goes again. <laughs> we, don't, we don't want that testimony. <laughs> so we talked about how we should watch our words. Right. And deal with those emotions, deal with those emotions. You know, I think one of the things that I've learned over the years and I still have to pay attention to is when I'm emotional about something um, instead of using words that come out of my emotion. I use words to communicate my emotion. Right. What do I mean? That instead of feeling frustrated and saying something out of frustration that could possibly hurt someone, I communicate the fact that I'm frustrated. You know, man, I'm frustrated right now. You know, it's just this situation has got. So now I'm not saying something that's going to hurt somebody because I'm hurt. Right. Or I'm not going to say something that's going to frustrate someone because I'm frustrated. Right. Instead of speaking words that come from the emotion. I speak words that communicate the emotion. And once the, 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 the emotion is communicated, now people know where we are and we can maybe deal with the source of the, of the frustration or we can deal with the source of the anger or we can deal with the source of the hurt. I'm hurting right now. Why are you hurting? Because you hurt me. What you said hurt me. I'm angry. Man, that, that, that makes me mad. You know, when you do stuff like that, man, it really makes me mad. As opposed to saying stuff that can damage people, and then we come back later and we say, well, I said that just because I was frustrated, right? And this is something, it was an, it was an amazing thing that I had to learn, and uh, it, 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 it became something that really, really put the fire out uh, in highly charged conversations. I'm thinking about a conversation that's coming up. Uh, very soon I'm going yeah remember this dude when you get in the middle of that because <laughs> this is not on my notes and uh this is straight revelation from the throne of God so I'm I'm eating this just like you are right now right we got to watch our words fam we got to watch our words not speak out of frust not speak out of emotion but speak to the emotion and uh, I think that's going to be something that can really be beneficial in our interactions with people. All right. So let's get into part two. I've got three more of these uh, uh, spiritual best practices. So uh, the next spiritual best practice, walk by faith. Walk by faith. Now, faith, that word faith is thrown around a lot in the body of Christ. And um, I actually did a, a teaching on faith uh, in one of my earlier podcasts. So um, I know that word is thrown around so much so that some it's for some people, it's lost its impact in what we're talking about. And just a simple, simple, simple definition of faith that I think is very practical 
and, and you can kind of get an image of what it looks like in your mind's eye. When we talk about faith, we're talking about confidence in the Word of God. Confidence in the Word of God, right? That word faith, uh, synonyms, belief, right? Confidence. But I like confidence as a practical way to see faith. Confidence in the Word in the Word of God. I heard a man of God say uh, that faith is a practical expression of my confidence in the Word of God. A practical expression of my confidence in the Word of God. So let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. And this is a best practice, walking by faith. Okay? When we walk by faith, we walk right in the path that leads to the, the full and complete will of God for our lives. The challenge is walking by faith means I'm walking uh, based on things, evidence that I cannot see. Right? We know the familiar uh, scripture in Hebrews 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Right? So we're talking about walking according to something I don't see. In my natural eye, in my spiritual eye, I should see it very clearly because that's my compass, right? So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight, right? The New Living Translation says, For we live by believing and not by seeing. There was a moment where uh, Jesus... Uh, uh, was in a crowd, and it's a very familiar passage of Scripture, very familiar story. He's walking through the crowd, and the leader of the synagogue comes to him and says, My daughter is sick, and Jesus says, I'll come and heal her. And while he's going, the woman with the issue of blood grabs his hem of his garment, and he stops, and he deals with her. And he finishes dealing with her, and while he finishes, someone from the uh, ruler of the synagogue's house comes to him and says, Uh... Your daughter is dead. Don't bother the, the master anymore. And Jesus looks at him and says, Only believe. Only believe. And right there is a moment where we see Jesus speaking uh, the, 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 the basis of 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. He's telling the guy, Live by believing right now and not by seeing. Your daughter is dead. That's what we see. Jesus is saying, live by what you believe, which is my word. And my word was, I will heal her. Right? Only believe. Now, this word walk uh, is, is broken down as habitually live. If you look in the Amplified Translation of 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, he says, we habitually live by faith and not by sight. So let's put it all together. For we habitually live by believing and not by seeing. All right, let's put it down. Let's break it down even more. For we habitually live by confidence in the word of God and not by seeing. Mm. Mm. Let's break it down another way. We habitually live by the word that is said and not by the things that we see. Ah, we habitually live by the word of God and not by what we see in our circumstances. 
right? So this has to become a habit. Well, you can't have a habit unless you practice it over and over and over and over and over. In in athletics, in in dance, uh, and probably some other things in the military, uh, where certain drills are are, are uh, created, they do these drill to cr- drills to create what they call muscle memory. Right, that you do a thing over and over and over and over and over again so many times that you don't even have to think about it when you do it. It's muscle memory. Right. Um, when I talk to my students about this type of thing, uh, I use the example of driving a stick shift in your car. Right. I don't even know if they make uh, manual transmissions anymore. Uh, but when you drive, when you're learning how to drive a stick shift, you got to pay attention to your left foot, your right foot, when to shift. Right. When to hit the gas, when to hit the clutch. You know, don't tear up the clutch <laughs> by hitting it the wrong way. And it's very, very challenging. But when you finally learn how to drive a stick, you can be driving and, you know, listening to the radio and halfway reading a book. Well, then nobody reads books anymore. Looking at your phone, please don't do that while you're driving, right? But it becomes easy to do because it's muscle memory. You don't have to think about when to hit the gas and when to hit the clutch and when to hit the brake, when to shift out of first and the second. You don't have to think about it. It's just boom, 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 because you've done it so many times. So when we talk about the habit of walking by faith, when we talk about the habit of living our lives habitually based on the word of God and not our circumstances and not our emotions, you're going to have to work at it and you're going to have to, we're going to have to work at it and we're going to have to practice it over and over and over and over and over again until we get spiritual muscle memory. I'll never forget and I'll use his name because I, I'm just—I was just blown away uh, by this, and and you know I want to honor him with this. But Marvin Winans, Bishop Marvin Winans of the 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 '80s, '90s gospel group, the Winans. I heard him in an interview one time. This is back in the '80s, and he was being interviewed, and someone asked him, "Well, why do you do blah blah? blah? Why do you guys do such and such and such and such?" And he, he was asked maybe three or four questions, and the beginning of his answer. Every answer was, well, the word says da 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 da. So that means for us, we do ba 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 ba. Right? I had never. I grew up in church. I was in my early twenties. Had heard all kinds of preachers, all kinds of teaching. I had never heard someone answer a question with the word of God in a practical manner. I'm not talking about somebody that just quoted a scripture. I'm talking about based on this word, this th- this action that we do comes out of this word that we've read and we understand. And it just blew me away, man. And I hope to God I get an opportunity to meet him on, on earth where I can tell him that story because it, it literally shifted something on the inside of me where there was a revelation that you could actually take them Bible verses that I've been hearing all my life and apply them to everyday living. I never, that had never really sunk in for me that the Bible could be used for daily living. What a concept, <laughs> right? And, and it put me on the path, Now it was a long road for me, but it put me on the path to a place where I, I learned how to understand the word, 
digest it for myself and apply it to my everyday living. It, it, it was just an amazing moment for me. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. So, so if we're really, really for real, for real going to walk by faith, we're going to have to practice. We're going to have to learn what the word means for our own individual lives. Read a scripture. What does that mean? How do I apply it to my life? God, show me how I can apply this particular scripture to my life, right? My, my, one of my business partners, uh, he sends out a text to me and, and my other partners every morning, right? And he'll say, you know, Father, your word says, you know, and he'll quote, write down a scripture. And he said, so, so for us, that means uh, we thank you for, blah, 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 help us, blah, blah, and he, he, he includes a prayer that's connected to the scripture, right? Help us to live this out in a practical manner is basically what he's asking God to help us to do. Help us, this is the scripture. So based on this scripture, God, help us to live this scripture out in a practical manner, right? We walk by faith and not by sight. We live by believing and not by seeing, all right? All right. All right. All right. All right. Our next spiritual practice is seek God's wisdom. Seek God's wisdom. All right. And we're going to do a little live Bible study here. <laughs> Seeking God's wisdom. All right. So seek God's wisdom. All right. Let's look at James chapter 1. Verse 5, James chapter 1, verse 5. We're doing this a different kind of way this, today. We're doing a little live live Bible study uh, uh, lookup type of thing here. It's an interesting thing going on. <laughs> All right, James chapter 5. I'm sorry, James chapter 1, verse 5. James chapter 1, verse 5. All right. Uh, James chapter 1, verse 5. I want to look at this in the King New King James translation. And it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Now, what is wisdom? Wisdom is knowing what to do when you don't know what to do. Right? When you're stuck in a situation... And you're not sure how to figure it out, right? Uh, the old gospel song says, while you're trying to figure it out, he's already worked it out, right? And well, him already working it out is what you want to know, right? And it's not necessarily, God, how have you worked it out as much as what do you want me to do since you've already worked it out? How do I walk in the path that gets me to the place of you've already worked it out, right? What do you, what do I need to do, right? Because I don't know what to do. Uh, I always reference. Um, well, let's go there. Second uh, Chronicles, chapter twenty. Second uh, Chronicles, chapter twenty. And uh, I always like to reference this scripture. Second Chronicles, chapter twenty. And we're going to look at verse, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Here we go. Verse 12, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, 
verse 12, right? And I know some of you guys are using your Bibles and, and rolling with me or got your Bible on your phone, so I always like to give folks a minute to uh, get to where I am. Uh, Second, Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12, all right? Now, a little background here. King Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah. And uh, I've shared some version of this story in many different podcasts. Um, but uh, and we're talking about wisdom right now. And um, so he's got three armies coming against him and the people of Judah. They're coming to kill them. And so the scripture says that King Jehoshaphat feared and he sought the Lord. And when he sought the Lord, he called a national fast and he brought all the people together and um, he prayed this prayer. And so it's an awesome prayer where he just basically breaks down, you know, the Lord's prayer. You are our God. We 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 reverence you and we hallow you. Um, you know, we thank you for what you've done through our ancestors. And he lays down who God is and their relationship. And then he starts talking to God about you told our ancestor to do this and not do this. And now here we are right in this situation. And we don't know what to do. And so in verse 12, he says, Oh, our God, will you not judge them? He's talking about the army. For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. Here we go. But our eyes are upon you. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. All right. So so this goes right back to what James said in James chapter one. If you don't know what to do, <laughs> go to the God who knows what to do and put your eyes on him. I don't know how to deal with this situation, Lord, but you do. And so I'm coming to you to show me how to do it. And, and, and at the end of uh, at the end of, of Jehoshaphat's prayer, he said, and you will hear and you will help us. That sounds pretty bold, doesn't it? But it's bold because it's coming from someone who knows his relationship with God. Boldness doesn't mean arrogance, right? Boldness means I have the right to come to you and say what I'm saying. We need your help and we don't know what to do. And we're not going to go off and try to do this thing on our own. You led me to this place. I don't know what to do, and so I'm coming to you for help, and we can we can translate that word wisdom for help. And I don't know what to do, and I need your help, right? We can be all spiritual with it and call it wisdom, and that's fine. But what it really comes down to is, I don't know what to do, and I need your help. That's a great, for me, that's a great definition of wisdom. I don't know what to do, God, and I need your help, Right? Here's, here's uh, James 1 and 5 through the Passion Translation. He says, And if anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom, and he will give it. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures, but he will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. Man, that's nice. That's nice. That's nice. Let's look at another translation. Let's look at... Um, I want to look at a translation called the Phillips translation. And that's, we're doing this live today. We're, we're, we're live. This is, this is uh, very different. 
Usually I have this stuff all prepared, but we're rocking it live right now. <laughs> it's all good, though. It's all good. All right. Uh, I want to find this in the Phillips translation. Here we go. Uh, and if in the process any of you does not know how to meet any particular problem, he only has to ask God, who gives general, generously to all men without making them feel foolish or guilty. And he may be quite sure that the necessary wisdom will be given him. Okay? Again, if any of you does not know how to meet any particular problem, any particular problem, what does it say in Proverbs? In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So those, there is no level of wisdom that's too small for God. God, I, you know, I, only, I shouldn't even be asking you for wisdom on this. I should know how to do it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. That, that's, that's, that's what I've heard called false humility. Lord, I know I should know how to do this, but, you know, I don't even feel right asking you about that. Stop it. That's your father. If you lack wisdom, if you lack the ability to solve the problem, ask him. Ask him. I should have learned this in school. Well, you didn't. Ask him. He knows everything anyway. I should have, you know, I should have learned how to be a good husband by now. I'll ask him how to be a good husband to that woman. Ask him how to be a good uh, wife to that man. Ask him how to be a better employee at the company. I didn't go to any kind of training. They got me in the middle of doing all that. I don't even know what to do. Well, then you ask him. If you lack wisdom, if you uh, don't know how to meet any particular problem, ask him. And he's not going to make you feel bad about it. He's not going to scold you over it. Just ask him. I don't know how to do this. Ask him. Right? And he will give you what you ask for. He will give you strategies. He will give you insights. I was just uh, listening to a, a group of pastors uh, on, a, on a Zoom call uh, the other day, Friday. And um, uh, the younger pastor... Uh, they were uh, there were two younger pastors who were honoring an older pastor who was an apostle now, and he's sort of a mentor to a lot of pastors. And um, this one particular pastor uh, was having dinner with the older pastor and um, was saying that uh, he had just been made pastor of a brand new church, big church that was in a lot of debt. And um, the mentor pastor looked at the young man and said, do you have the faith to believe that God is going to show you how to get out of this? And he said, I, I don't know. I don't know, Bishop. This is I, I've never been here before. This is brand new for me. I mean, the young man had moved to a totally new city. It wasn't like he got to pastoring a church in the same city, a new church in the same city. He moved to a totally different city and took over a church, a large church that had a lot of debt. And he didn't know what to do. Right. And right in that moment, through the mentor pastor, God gave that young pastor a strategy and an idea and the wisdom to be able to get that church out of debt. That's what God will do. That's what God will do. All right. That's what God will do. So so we want to make sure that we take wisdom 
with us. I want to look at one more scripture on wisdom, and then we'll move to our last best practice. This is Proverbs 2. Uh, I don't want to use that one. I don't, I don't want to use that one. I want to look at... Yeah, yes I do. Proverbs 2. I'm going to read all three verses, 1, 2, and 3. Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 3 says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. So, so there is a value in wisdom. There is a value in being able to go to someone. I mean, obviously, we can pray about um, wisdom and we can pray and ask God for wisdom. That's what he talks about uh, in James chapter 1. But oftentimes, wisdom can come through people, that God can use people to give us wisdom, right? Now, some people would call it experience. Okay, that's fine. But but it is it is information, it is strategies, it is ideas that I can use when I don't know what to do. Right? When I don't know what to do, when I don't have the instruction. Now here in Proverbs one and seven, and it's it's actually in quite a few different scriptures in Proverbs, I believe, and in Psalms, he says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. See, we're not fools. We don't despise wisdom and we don't despise instruction. We, we want it. We want to gobble it up, right? People pay hundreds of dollars to go to seminars to gain, I'll call it professional wisdom or managerial wisdom or, or corporate wisdom, right? Natural wisdom. And that stuff is fine. But we have the ability to get the exact same wisdom from Almighty God, who knows everything and can break things down for us so that we know exactly what to do when it comes time to do it. And we're not going to go back to Second Chronicles right now, but in that story where King Jehoshaphat is praying, uh, when he's praying, God gives him wisdom and that wisdom came in the form of instruction. First of all, he told him, you're not going to have to fight this battle. I got you, right? I got you is the cliff translation, right? <laughs> the second thing he said was tomorrow, go down to a certain place and, you know, uh, show up. And again, you won't have to fight this battle. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Right. They go down. Uh, they bring the praise and worship team out front and they begin to uh, sing and praise unto God. And as they're doing that, the Bible says that uh, the Lord sent ambushment against the three armies and they begin to kill themselves right in front of God's people. Those armies begin to fight themselves and they killed themselves. And I believe the Bible says no one escaped. Thousands of people just started fighting themselves, right? <laughs> I heard a man of God say they're doing that, and it's like, you know, somebody stepped on their toe. Hey, man, you stepped on my toe. Man, you stepped on my toe. They broke out into a fight. Hey, man, don't be hit my brother, and a whole fight breaks out, right? 
I've been in a few parties where that's happened over the years. <laughs> right? And uh, one fight broke out and another fight broke out. And these three armies killed themselves. Right? And the Bible says none escaped. And once they were all dead, the people of God went through the the dead bodies. And these people had, had, you know, the armies had brought jewelry and all kinds of expensive things. I don't know why they bring you what you watch to a battle, but there you go. And they brought all this expensive jewelry. And the, the people of God started taking the jewelry as spoils, you know, for the battle <laughs> that they didn't even have to fight. Right? And... They said, the Bible says it, it took them, I believe, three days to collect all the spoils. So they won a battle against three armies, and they didn't even know how to fight or win. They didn't know what to do. They went to God for wisdom, right? They went to God for wisdom, and in that time of going to God for wisdom, he gave them instructions, and when he gave them those instructions, they followed the instructions and they got the victory. And they got stuff that they didn't even, they didn't even think that they were going to get. All of that jewelry and all of that stuff came out of it. They didn't even know they were going to get that. See, there's unexpected blessings that come when we follow the wisdom of God. The unexpected blessings that come when we follow the wisdom of God. Unexpected manifestation of the blessing that we have from Abraham. When we follow the instructions and the wisdom of God. So seek God's wisdom. Use God's wisdom. Apply God's wisdom. And follow God's wisdom. Again, when we talk about wisdom, we're talking about help when we don't know what to do. And he will hear you and he will help you. Amen. All right. So. Last spiritual practice. So we had, we had, uh, what do we have today? Today class, we had walk by faith, <laughs> seek God's wisdom, and the final best practice, let God lead. Let God lead. All right, let's look at Psalms 61, uh, verses 1 through 3. Psalms 61. Verses 1 through 3. Now, again, usually I have all this stuff written down and and uh, we had a bit of a malfunction. So we're doing it live right now. I'm pulling the scriptures up off my website and uh, off my Bible website and giving it straight to you. <laughs> all right. Psalm 61, verses 1 through 3. All right. Psalm 61, <clears throat> and this is David who knew how to seek God's wisdom, man. Right? So here we go. Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. Watch this now. That's the, that's the seeking wisdom part, right? Then he says, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. Letting God lead Right? Let God lead you to the place of safety. Let God lead you to the place of peace. Let, I'm, I'm working on some notes right now on the next podcast. Uh, it's called uh, uh, Be Not Troubled. Right? And, and, and there's a section where um, 
God will lead us to a place of peace. If we follow certain directions and instructions, he will lead us to a place of peace. All right. So when, when, when our heart is overwhelmed, David is saying, hey, lead me to that place of safety. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the place where I can, I can, I can be safe from my enemies. Right. Lead me, God. Lead me. Lead me. Show me how I should do this. All right. Let me let me uh, let me follow you. Right. Uh, I'm thinking about Proverbs three. Right. Um, verses five through six. Let's go there. Proverbs three uh, verses five through six. All right. We're going live. Proverbs. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6, right? And Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6. This literally, literally is, you know, there's certain scriptures that you live by. This is the core scripture that I live my life by on the real. And we've heard it before. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths um one translation of direct says or make smooth or straight in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path smooth and straight if you follow god he will make your path smooth and straight. Now, smooth and straight doesn't necessarily mean easy, right? It's, it's, it's not necessarily easy, but but it will you'll you'll be going in the right direction. You'll be going in the, the right direction. Listen to this. He says, this is the message translation. He says, listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. And that's what we're talking about. He's the one that will keep you on track. If you listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. Let God lead. Let him lead. He knows where he's going and he knows what he's doing. Matter of fact, let's go to, I think we're going to let this be the last one. Jeremiah, another familiar passage of scripture. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. All right. And uh, yeah, I think we'll finish with this. All right. This is kind of cool going live like this. I'm not doing this again, but <laughs> we're not making this mistake again. But uh, this is very cool. So Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, he says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Right? I want to look at verse 12 also here. He says, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Why? Because we're letting him lead. Now, here's probably, you know, I love the message translation. I love quite a few of these translations, but I love the message translation. And I love the message translation of this particular scripture. 
So I want to look at this. This is, and I got a sister of mine at my church, and we both love this. You know, we 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 really get excited when we when we read this. Now, the traditional King James says, uh, "For I know the thoughts and plans I have for you," says the Lord. Right. <laughs> the Message translation says, "I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you." Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. I love that. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Right? I got a plan. And that plan is to take care of you and not abandon you. And it's the plan. My God, I'm preaching to myself right now. It's the plan to give you the future you hope for. So the very future that you hope for, let's, let's, let's put it this way, the very godly future that you hope for, God says, my plan is to give you that future. We don't have two different plans. Well, we might. But if you rock with me, my plan is to give you the future that you hope for. Right. Uh, there is a Psalms. Uh, it says, delight yourself in the Lord. I think it's Psalms 37 and four. Delight thyself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Right. And that doesn't mean God's going to if you delight in him and spend time with him and become putty in his hands. That's what the trans one of the translations says. If you do those things, he'll give you what you want. What it means is he'll replace your desires with, with his desires. He'll give you new desires. He'll give you the desires of your heart, which are now right in line with the future that he wants to give you. The future now that you hope for, he wants to give you that. Years ago, I had no desire to be married. And then my desire changed as I begin to delight myself in him, as I begin to soften my heart towards him, he changed my desire from, I'm going to just be single for the rest of my life, to I really want to be married and grow old with one particular woman, right? That desire got changed. That desire got changed. So now the desire that I have, the future that I want for myself is the future that he hopes for me. It's the future that he wants me to have, right? So we let God lead because he knows what he's doing. We let God lead because he already has our future planned out. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, people get into fate and all of that stuff and predestination and predetermination. It's there for us if we choose to walk it out. The plan has been established. Now we have to set our will in line with the plan and walk out the plan. Right? There is a there is a there is a freeway. I live in Los Angeles. I live near LAX Airport. There is a freeway that will take me from where I am all the way up to the San Fernando Valley. It's already laid out. But if I choose to take another route instead of going on that freeway, if I choose to go in another direction, I may get there, I may not, right? But the, but, the, but the freeway has already been built to get me from where I am to where I want to go. 
I have to choose to get on that freeway and take it to the destination, right? So this is not about, well, no matter what I do, I'm going to end up where God wants me anyway. No, no, no. That's not what this is. Our will have to, has to be involved. That's what we talk about in this best practice. Let God lead. Let God lead. Right? That's what these types of scriptures are designed. They are designed <laughs> to advertise the goodness of God so that we will let him lead. There's a scripture, I believe it's Romans chapter 8, verse 2. He says, don't you know that it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance? It leads men to changing their direction, to changing their mind, to changing their lives. The goodness of God. And this is one of the examples of the goodness of God. I know what I'm doing. I got it all planned out. I got a plan to take care of you. I got a plan not to abandon you, right? I got a plan that will give you the future that you hope for. So let me lead. Come on, man. Let me lead. Come on, Cletus. Come on. <laughs> Some of you have no idea what that's from, but if you don't know, don't worry about it. <laughs> so come on, let me lead. I know what I'm doing. Come on, let me lead. I'll lead you to a path that's straight and smooth. Don't lean on your understanding. Lean on my understanding. Let me lead and guide you. Right? All right. I want to hit one more. I want to go to John because I want to I want to look at the one that leads, right? As New Testament believers, we want to look at the one that leads, right? And the one that leads now is the Holy Spirit. All right? That's who we want to look at. We want to look at the one that leads who is the Holy Spirit. All right. And I'm going to go to John chapter 14, uh, verse 26. Yes. Uh, let's see. Do I want to do that? Uh, I think I want to do another one. Hold on for a second, guys. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And then we'll wrap it up with this. All right, here we go. John 16 and 13. There we go. John 16 and 13, right? Because we are led not only by the Word of God, but we are now, as New Testament believers, we are led by the Spirit of God. So we're led by the Word of God and we're led by the Spirit of God, right? The wisdom of God is wrapped up in His Word, right? And the, and the walking out of the wisdom of God comes oftentimes through the Holy Spirit, right? So John 16 and 13, verse 13 says, How be it when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Man, that's nice. That's nice. I think one translation calls the Holy Spirit the truth-giving spirit, right? Uh, yeah, I want to look at this from a from the. Uh, I want to look at this from the Message translation. Uh, he says, but when the friend comes, I love that the Holy Spirit is the friend, the comforter, uh, 
one who comes alongside. Uh, I think it's paraclete is the Greek word. He says, but when the friend comes, the, the spirit of the truth, he will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is. He won't draw any attention to himself, but will make sense out of what is about to happen, and indeed out of all that I have done and said. He will lead you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is. I love that, man. This is what happens when we let God lead. He will lead us by the hand. Right? My dad years ago uh, uh, had, a, had a group called the Dedicators. Right? And uh, man, I haven't thought about this song in, in I don't know how long. But the, the song was uh, So Many Fallen by the Wayside. Lord, help me to stand. And the hook was, take me by my hand and lead me on. Lead me on. And that's what he's talking about. Letting God lead. Letting God, taking God's hand, right? And what are we talking about? Because we like to use these little, you know, phrases in church. You know, just hold on to God's unchanging hand. What does that mean? That means let the Holy Spirit that small, still voice in the inside of you that you hear that says, you might not want to do that right now. You might not want to say that right now. You know what? Go here first and then go there second. Now, it might take a minute for you to get your ears fine-tuned to, to, that, to that spiritual radio station, right? But even with the Word of God, when you, when you read the Word of God, and we've looked at all of these things, right? And, and now the Holy Spirit will say, see, this is how you can apply this to your life. That's why I pray the way I pray when we start these podcasts, that not only will you hear the Word, the Scripture, but the Word behind the Word, which is the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding. Okay? The Passion Translation says, but when the truth-giving Spirit comes... He will unveil the reality of every truth within you. He won't speak his own message, but only what he hears from the Father. And he will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. The, there's a commentary here that says truth. The Greek word for truth is reality, not doctrine. It is the application of truth that matters, not just the superficial knowledge. So what God is giving is not doctrine, but reality. Oh, that's good. He's not giving us doctrine. He's giving us reality. Go to the grocery store first and then put gas in the car. See, that's not in the Bible, but that's truth. That's reality for you right then. And that's how he wants to lead us. You know, that's a really nice guy, but I got somebody better for you. See, that's reality. That's not doctrine. Doctrine, I would say, is don't be, uh, don't be uh, unequally yoked with unbelievers. Okay, that's doctrine. But truth says, I know he's a Christian, but he's not good for you. Because he's going to trip a bunch of your triggers, and you're not ready for that yet. See, that's reality. That's truth in the form of reality. Right? Go ahead down there and apply, apply for that job. I know they've rejected you twice, but go or send your resume one more time. Just send your resume one more time, right? See, that's a leading that comes from the truth by the Holy Spirit and not doctrine. There is no, there is no scripture that says thou shalt go to, 
You know, thou shalt submit your resume seven times, and on the seventh time, they will receive you. That's not in the Bible. Well, somebody say, well, Joshua walked around the wall of Jericho seven times, so I'm going to submit my resume seven times. No, that's unless the, the Holy Spirit leads you to that model. Yeah. But if he's not leading you to that model, that's doctrine and not truth. And what the Holy Spirit wants to give us straight from the Father is reality. Truth in the form of reality. It's time to move. It's time to buy a house. It's time to buy that property. It's time to start that business. It's time to start that ministry. It's time to step away from this. It's time to move on from that. This church no longer can feed you. I need you to go to another church. See, that's truth in, in the form of reality, right? And the Holy Spirit now wants to lead us with that type of truth because that's who he is. That's his gig. That's his gig, right? To lead us and guide us to the reality of every truth. So let God lead, man. He knows what he's doing. He's got a great plan for your life. He's the rock. He's our strong tower. David said, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. Right? He's telling us, if you let me lead, I'll get you to not only to where you want to go, but really where I want you to go. Matter of fact, I'll flip that. If you let him lead, he'll take you to where you want where he wants you to go. And where he wants you to go is where you'll want to go. You get there and go, man, I didn't even know this was here. This is awesome. Man, I don't know why we had to take that road to get here, but okay, Lord, this is this is great. Right? Let God lead. Seek God's wisdom and walk by faith. Those are the spiritual best practices that if we really get proficient at these things, fam, if we get proficient at watching our words, if we get proficient at being humble, if we get proficient on really learning how to love from a practical everyday uh, basis, man, we will have godly lives that are just beyond what we could have thought. Because the image of what is a Christian has been just so twisted. You know, it's just been so twisted. And we want to use these best practices to untwist the definition of what it is to be a Christian. The definition of what it is to be a follower of Christ. That we want to minimize the times when people look at us and say, I thought you was a Christian. I thought you, I thought you went to such and such church. Right. And because the tone of their question implies that you're not living what you say you are. I don't see in your lifestyle what you say you are. I as a great testimony. Um, and I just praise God for that because, you know, the lady didn't know the whole story about who I was at the time because I was I was doing some some jacked up stuff. But um, I used to work at a gospel radio station back in my hometown. And uh, there was another lady who worked with me. Um, uh, she was wonderful. She just, just a wonderful coworker and wonderful friend. And, uh, someone who had listened, listened to the radio station on a regular basis, met her on the street. And so she was asking my coworker about all the various announcers at the radio station. She asked about this person, this person, this person. So she said, what about Cliff Gober Jr.? 
And my coworker said, if Cliff Gober Jr. is not saved, ain't nobody saved. And she told me that. And, you know, I was honored. But again, there were some areas in my life that wasn't really that saved. <laughs> but but at least, at least when my coworker saw me, and I wasn't putting on a facade or I wasn't trying to be fake or phony Christian or trying to say everything right so nobody would know I got all this other stuff going on in my life. Everything that came out of me when I worked in front of at that station and got on that mic was from the heart of God, my heart, to the people, you know, the music that I played and the things that I said and the way I conducted myself and, and, and all of the things that led my coworker who saw me on a regular basis say, if Cliff ain't got it, ain't nobody got it. All right. That's the, and, I'm, and again, I'm not patting myself on the back. I praise God that he had put me around people, my parents and people in the church I grew up with, that put me in a place where I understood that this is what godliness meant. And I'd only been saved for a couple of years. So so I was still new at the thing, you know, but 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 that's that's where we want to be. We want people to say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that uh, uh, Sandra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sandra, man, Sandra's a good Christian. She's she, don't mess with Sandra. She's a good Christian lady. Right. Um, or if Sandra lost her temper, you must have done something wrong because Sandra's good people. You know, man, James, man, that's my dude, James, man. He, that dude came through for me. You know, that's the testimony that we want to have so that when we say when we invite people to our church on Zoom, <laughs> when we invite people to our Bible studies, when we talk about the goodness of God, we want it to be consistent with our lives. And I believe these spiritual best practices will help us do that. All right, fam. All right. Everybody good? Y'all good? All right. That's our time for today, man. I want to thank you guys again for listening and tuning in to the live version of <laughs> the Word Experience podcast where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. Join us next time and uh, be blessed today. Uh, go back over this podcast. Listen to it over again. Share it with the people in your lives. And uh, let's be the godly people that God wants us to be. All right? All right, fam. I'll see you next time. God bless you. Peace. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that what you heard will start you on a journey of change and transformation. If you'd like to communicate with Cliff with a question or a comment, you can do so via email at clifftalk 63 at gmail.com. That's clifftalks, the number 63, at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. God bless, and we'll see you next time on The Word Experience.